this is Tooth Be Toe. This is Dr. Walter Aka. This is Adriana Gerber. Dr. Kyle Dumpert. And Dr. Gary Dennis. I'm going to say happy birthday to my father. He uh, turned 70 today. Okay. Happy okay. birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, indeed. Yes, indeed. Wow. We have somebody that uh, deals with Gary. <laughs> For I mean, literally brought you into this world, dealt with you, and now look at you. Your success. Oh, <laughs> and then it was funny because he stranger talk- things have happened. Right. And the funny thing is he 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 talked somewhat ill will about them and the lack of uh, attention they gave him when he was a kid. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah let's stop I, I guess, I guess it, it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, no choice. Yeah, no choice. All right, guys, what do you guys want to talk about today? Well, I, I'd say Adriana's with us, so yep. let, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on with her. Yeah, let's start with that. So, uh, on December fifteenth, I got the best call ever. And I got the official, will you come to our school acceptance for Western University. So I will be attending Western University in August of 2021. Awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So, so I mean, we always say it just takes one, right? Just to, just to make your day, your life and everything. So what are you looking forward to now? I mean, now that you know you're in, what are you doing? I'm looking forward to experiencing a new level of education where I can actually achieve my dreams and becoming a dentist and helping others and just being able to work with my hands all day. Okay. Huh. That sounds really nice, but so, I, I work I mean, with my hands all day. You like specialize in ortho and then you just be... Pretty much yeah, you, brain only. You just point to you point to stuff like get, get fix that, fix that right there. That's good. Are are you doing anything from now until when dental school starts for you to uh, prepare or maybe uh, enjoy life before good, you yeah. start going into dental school? Mm-hmm. So. Up until I move back to California in July, I'll be working (laughs) as a dental (laughs) assistant (laughs) because I just love where I work. And it also gives me an insight to what to prepare for. Um, And between now and then, I'm just going to enjoy every single day until... I have no life for four years. <laughs> you, can, can I can I say one thing though? I will say one thing. Um, so in dental school, right? Let's just say you mm-hmm. want to pour up a cast. They want it to be as ideal as possible, right? I mean, I'm talking about no bubbles, nothing, right? You got the vestibule, mm-hmm. you take everything perfectly. It, it, when you're working, that's not really the standard, okay? So you're probably gonna you're probably gonna take on a few bad habits, and you're gonna they're, they're gonna have you basically race that. In dental mm-hmm. school, and you're gonna know way more about a lot of lab work than your classmates, mm-hmm. and that could mm-hmm. be good or bad. That could be either be your classmates are gonna be like, "Hey, you're helping me with everything," or they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, you know, she thinks she knows everything." Yeah, it could go one or two ways. Right. But the way that I look at it is, 
no matter what I've learned, there's always something to learn and to improve on. So I don't like, I'm not set in my ways. Okay. I'm always looking forward to improve. So anything that I can do, whether it's at work or I'm going to take everything that I've learned from work and apply that to school and build upon my knowledge in order to, I don't want to say be the, be the best that I can be every single day. To achieve and that's, a, that, 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 that's a good way to look at it because we all do the same thing in practice every day. We, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're always looking for a better, faster, easier, cheaper way to do things that's going to benefit the patient. And what we think might be the best way today in next year from now, if we hit that uh, one continuing education class or talk to one other dentist, we might find there's a, a better way of doing things. Well, and well, Kyle, let me ask yeah. you this. Okay. And I want you to be completely honest, right? How, mm-hmm. When was the last time when you did dentures? Like, you know, in dentures, right? There's usually like five, six steps. Right. Right. When was the last time you did all five or six steps? I haven't made an actual set of dentures <laughs> since residency. Okay. It, yeah. What 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 I'm getting at? Dentures. Yeah. No, You're talking I, about like the face bow. Exactly. Like all of that stuff. If you oh, ask, ninety percent of dentists bow. don't even know how to use a face bow. Right? I still don't know how to use it. Yeah. Okay. And Gary went through dental <laughs> school, and then, and I don't even know how. I don't even know where to begin to use a face bow. Right. And I went through dental school, and they taught this to us. And you worked at basically a denture clinic. Exactly. I've forgotten. <laughs> you know what, Kyle? That was traumatic. And I've forgotten all that. <laughs> okay. And what what I'm getting at is, you know, mm-hmm. wh- whenever it comes to what you te- learn in dental school versus what you actually apply and do, you realize that there's a big part here, which is chair time. Chair time mm-hmm. makes a big difference on whether or not you're productive and profitable versus not. You know, if I could, I would be in a dental school where no one's paying for the chair time besides the school. So I can do 50 appointments. No one cares. But in real, in reality, that's not the case. And I right. think that's going to be your biggest struggle when, when you learn more about uh, uh, private practice and then go back mm-hmm. to dental school. Like we were ignorant. We didn't know anything about At least I'll speak for myself. I, uh, Gary, no, I you, you were an assistant, but I didn't know anything about private practice, really. I shadowed, but I did. Yeah. I wasn't taught those habits of chair time and all that stuff. So when I went, I thought what, what they're teaching me in dental school is the only way to go. Right. No, I, I agree. I was the same way. Um, I thought it was crazy that an appointment was three and a half hours in dental school for one occlusal filling. <laughs> uh, I mean, to, to do that in private practice, you would not make it past your first, week. first week yeah. without <laughs> losing money. But think about how many people left with a temporary filling in that three hour appointment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So and they said that for three hours. Multiple <laughs> appointments. Right. For, yeah. Right. But but this is that's the truth mm-hmm. though, Gary. But okay, Gary, you were an assistant, right? Before before you went to dental school. Tell us yeah. like how that transition was for you. And what I mean, you had to kind of forget. Well the thing is like you're not doing uh any, you're not d- touching any patient for like two years, right? But again, you still you know? remember stuff, don't you? Of course. Okay. But like by the time you're you're touching patients, you know, like you're doing stuff that you couldn't, like on the actual patient, mm-hmm. you're doing stuff that you weren't able to do before. Like you weren't able to give an injection. You weren't able to, you know, do do a filling right. stuff like that. So it's 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 a completely new experience 
um, from being the person that's actually delivering or providing the actual treatment as but, opposed to not. Yeah. But did you feel like stuff. you knew what you were doing because you watched other people do it? For example, I remember when I was 15 and, uh, you know, I watched my dad and mom drive. And when I got my, you know, permit, I thought I could drive. That wasn't mm-hmm. the case. I realized that it's a lot harder than it looks, <laughs> you know, but did you feel, did you have that self-confidence? Like, oh, I've seen this many times. I mean, for with the lab work, yeah, like it was okay. n- no problem. Okay, you know, or like making a temporary crown like, and stuff like that, no problem. But like when you're start talking about like uh, cavity preps, you know, you're like, oh, this this needs to be 1.5 millimeters deep in the center, and then it needs to be this wide, and and the angles need to converge to hold the amalgam, and like all this, like. You don't, you're not learning that when you're sitting there assisting the dentist. But you've seen no. many of that. You've seen, I mean, you've seen thousands <laughs> you just see, of You just see him go like this, zzz, 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 <laughs> and throw some stuff in there, cast him to the light, boom, like, done. <laughs> you know? So you don't think that you, <laughs> so you don't think that you develop any poor habits or any bad habits that you had no, to, like, you but, had to forget? I mean, the only thing I will say is that, um, pouring up a model, um, you got to put a base on it in dental school. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a base on it, it's not anywhere close to being complete. Right. Well, mm-hmm. at least I, that's how it yeah. was for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but in the in in the dental office, nobody's pouring a base, putting a base on a, <laughs> on, a on a model they poured up. You know. So I mean, that's the only thing that was different. But you know, being able to having already known how to pour up a model, putting a base on it took what. Two more minutes, right? You know, yeah. so I mean, it wasn't. I, I think I think that having the dental office experience is only going to make you uh, more efficient. Okay. When you're in dental school, okay. I don't really see it as as a negative or hindrance in any way. Okay. So Adriana, they gave you 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 got the the phone call or the letter offering you a position, correct? Yes, I got both. I got the phone call before the letter. And you replied saying, yes, I'll, I'll take it. Um, mm-hmm. Has have, have they gone over any other anything else with you as far as financial aid uh, or when orientation is kind of a, a timeline of events leading up to when dental school starts? So they're going to give us more information once they come back from uh, winter break. But they did link uh, us a page of admitted students, and it gives you all the breakdowns of um, where to find housing, how to do financial aid, how to, um, like, when the deposits are due for the first deposit, the second deposit, um, and all these different things. And we do have a timeline of when our health clearance needs to come back. And um, when we need to submit certain documents and orientation would be August 2nd, I believe it was. And they're saying it's in person. Um, So we'll be on campus for that. And I think it's like a week long orientation, I believe. Okay. What about COVID uh, vaccine, right? So are they mm-hmm. talking about that at all with you guys? Are they saying you have to have it before August? They have not said anything yet of the COVID vaccine. Okay, because I mean, so you're, I you're going back mm-hmm. on campus. I mean, to me, I would think that they would want to 
at least have you guys vaccinated. Uh, they were saying that yeah. the, the timeline is what June, July, guys, that they should have most of America uh, vaccinated. So I'm wondering if that's what they're going to tell you guys to do. My, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. my guess would be that they're probably going to say you need to have it. If you don't, then we will provide it for you. Okay. That's that's my guess. Right. They I'm sure they're gonna tell them they have to have it, right? Because that's just yeah. gonna make their lives a lot easier. I mean schools yep. are suffering right now. But they yep. refuse to lower their tuition, which makes no sense anyway, but that's another story. <laughs> you know, you can't sit here and be like, Oh, people aren't coming, but we're not gonna lower our tuition. You're not Harvard. I mean, You're not Harvard. You're not MIT. Come on. That, you know? Say what? That tuition goes well, well some of it goes toward paying this you know. Okay. Okay, Gary. Now let's have no, this discussion. Please. No, no, let's have this discussion. Ready? You're, let, if you let, do, let's not get her kicked out of dental school. Now. No, 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 no. no this <laughs> she has, didn't even start yet. This, this has nothing to do with her. But the way I'm looking at it is right. This has nothing. To, no, this really doesn't. Right. The way I'm looking it's at nice, it is nice to be a guest where it has nothing to do with you. Right. No, no. This this time it doesn't. I'll be honest. <laughs> this is this is kind of like your insurance beef. This is my uh, tuition beef. Right. Because. If you're on a computer, right, the the limitations that new, used to be, which is uh, spacing to house these students, isn't there anymore. So if you lower the tuition by half and accept more people, you would equal out completely. Yeah, but the building's still there. It's not like the building yeah, doesn't exist Yeah, but no one's anymore. in the building. That's they still have to pay for it. Yeah, okay, exactly. Gary, what I just said was if you accept, if you lower your tuition by half and accept twice as many students you're breaking even so whatever amount of money you had is still going to be exactly the same okay but the problem with that is let's say you do that okay and then and then um next year uh 99 of all americans are are, are vaccinated which is and now lie. you're in person is, but now you don't have enough space to hold twice as many students right but you don't have to necessarily one 99% of Americans will not be vaccinated. We're looking at 60. Let's be completely honest. <laughs> uh, let's let's speak real term here. And two, who's to say that you couldn't still do half people come back on campus, others stay uh, virtual? Because it takes three hours to do an inclusive filling. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... I'm talking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you would never have enough chair time well, for twice as many students. Gary, they barely talk- have enough chair time for students that you have already. Right. But remember, Gary, Gary, talk about how you guys did it at Howard. When Because it wasn't like all you guys were all there at the same time, right? You had to sign up for chair time and be more efficient with your time. We, it was like a draft. Okay. Like, yeah. And it was horrible. Well, because it, I, like, it doesn't matter. It was a draft. You had an opportunity to do it, and you had to make sure that you were efficient. I'm not saying right. to you guys that this makes sense or it's 100% what you should do. What I'm telling you is that if you're doing virtual, you shouldn't have to pay the same tuition as if you were there getting that experience. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I'm not going to argue with you that <laughs> dental school should stay as expensive as, as it, it is. is. It's I, ridiculous. I think it's way overpriced for what they're but Offering, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know what the answer is, uh, other than they need to get their budgets under control. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if admitting more students is the answer to the problem, flood them with, with more money, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. but might be a discussion for another time. <laughs> so, what, what, do you, what do you guys think needs to happen so that the dental stu- tuition is going up every year, right? And there's right. nothing that's changed about it, but it just keeps going up. Right, and and we we know that the more the higher it goes, the more people are gonna want to. People are still paying for it, mm-hmm. right? 
How, how much, how much, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how much are you, does your tuition look like it's going to be this year? And just tuition only, no housing or anything like that? Just tuition. I think it was, um, less than a hundred K. Oh, so that's a big range. For the first year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I think it was in between 70 and a hundred. Okay. 70 and a hundred. Sure. Yeah. Just so, tuition. Right. So, yes. so 70. Let's just supplies. do 70. No, I think that's tuition, supplies, housing, okay. Um, okay, but yeah, that, that all that good. stuff. Right. Okay. So right. 70. 70. Right. So mm-hmm. when she's done, when she, I mean, this is a low end. When she graduates, she's going to have 280000 uh, yeah, $280,000 worth. Without of, interest. Without interest. Well, it stays yeah. exactly. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> even touched interest. Yeah. Four so tell me, tell me first... what. Tell me how that's even – what did you get out of that? <laughs> because when she's done, she's going to be taking CEs. She's going to learn probably the other 60% of the stuff that she didn't learn in dental school. So why are you paying $280,000? That's a nice house. If you took that same money and put it in the S&P 500, you would actually have more money <laughs> than, than, than what, you, what your dental school degree was worth. Well, you you're, I mean? well you're, I, that's one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is you have the average sustainable d- income for the, the, your, the rest of your entire life. My brother is a consultant for a uh, petroleum engineer, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Went to school for four years. His student mm-hmm. loan, I, mean, I think his student loans in the end up, ended up being like 30000 He makes mm-hmm. 160000 Most okay. dentists make one fifty, and they have yeah. triple, if not quadruple, his student loan. Tell me how that makes sense. Just explain to me how that makes sense. And he gets a bonus every year. Which so is, how which, much would it start for him to start up his own consulting company? But he's not doing that because like he's making more than dentists. People walk in and and be his clients. Like how much would but, that cost him? I don't know, but I can guarantee you the overhead is really small compared to because all he has to do is just go talk to people. He might need a printer or a fax machine. True, but he probably doesn't have what I'm to saying? try to get the, the contracts. Do you, do you guys see what I'm saying, though? I'm, I'm, I'm being, you know, but do you see what I'm saying? He didn't go to school for an additional four, five, six, seven years, and he's making as much as an associate, if not more. And that's what True. I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. I, I just think this is a problem that dentist, dental school and dental, the ADA needs to really fix. That's that's my issue. But but here's the thing. With dentistry, you can pack up your stuff. Mm-hmm. Move anywhere you want. Right. Start working on people. So with can, the so proper, proper, uh, you know, licensures and, and whatever. Right. So can he? And he doesn't even need a license. Can he though? He, yeah, he's got a degree. He's so, got a degree. So he can. He, he can. He just can literally move, go anywhere. Uh, his company can send him anywhere they want. His company. Yes. Correct. So, but his company has to have a contract wherever they're going to send it. Well, they have uh, offices throughout. Yeah. Yeah, so they they need to have contracts there, right? Okay. Right? Yes. You don't you don't need any contracts in dentistry. But you need people. You 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 know involved. the funny thing hey, is what what, what, what he's saying look is out your window right now. Okay. What do you see? Okay, how many people Okay, here's 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 something, ready, Gary? How many dentists are actually their own bosses versus working for a corporation or working as an associate? That's a I don't, question. I don't, but, I don't, well, that's a question that you, you have can, to ask. But you can be your own boss. So yeah, that's, anytime. But, but the so option, can, yes. the option is there. But the uh, option is there for everybody. A cook is has their option to have their own business. Everybody has that. It's just that the the initial uh, overhead 
and and the initial amount of money they put towards it is not as high as dentist. That's what I'm getting at. And we still have the issue of insurance, which we're not going to discuss to pit, not piss off Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you see what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, uh, Adriana, like, I want you to come into this not thinking that we're trying to dissuade you or anything. I think this is a systemic issue that comes when it comes to dental schools, not, you know, not dental students or the love that people have for dentistry. I just think mm-hmm. that the schools it, need to do better and stop ripping and, people and off. I, I think that's why the dental schools can get away with it because most people, yes, uh, having a high income as a dentist is part of the attraction to our field. Right. But a lot of people going into dentistry, going into medicine are because they have a, a genuine want to help people. Okay. And so the, the salary, the the income is just a bonus. Uh, there, there's fringe benefits with dentistry as far as the ability to be your own boss, the ability to work anywhere you want to in the country. Uh, you can go be a, a dentist on a cruise ship if you want and, and travel the world. Uh, but it's it gives you the ability to have so many different paths where you're not reliant on one single company to provide for you. Uh, you. You can go anywhere, you can set up, you can do anything you want to as a dentist. And uh, you're really only limited by the restraints you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, no, very well stated. And Kyle always does that. But here's when I play the devil's <laughs> advocate. Here's when I play the devil's advocate. Ready? Kyle, everything you said is kind of assuming one thing, that you have no debt. Everything that most people that have $200,000, $300,000 worth of debt, that changes what you do to patients where you work, where you practice, there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? And, and a lot that of people. doesn't matter. You don't think debt matters. You don't think that your student that doesn't loan. Matter. You don't think no, your student loan dick. You worked for uh, corporations so you could pay off your student loan faster. No, that's what I thought. Okay. I thought working okay. for a corporation, I could right. pay it off faster. I was wrong. I was completely. <laughs> the fastest way to, for any dentist to pay off their debt is to buy a practice and yes. become their own boss. And collect a hundred percent, or keep a hundred percent of what you do versus twenty five percent of what you're going to get at a corporation. At you know, most corporate dentists are going to get that hundred twenty, hundred fifty thousand. If you're a private practice dentist that, or group practice or whatever, and you have ownership in that company, right. or you're the the sole provider, and you have hygienists working for you, helping other providers working for you, other dentists working for you, yeah. you will pay that debt off. You can pay it off within a year or two if you wanted to. Okay, and, and that that is the path to financial freedom. Is in my in my opinion, cities are oversaturated with dentists. Yes, there are rural areas that don't have a dentist for fifty miles. Mm-hmm. You can go in a town and set up as a dentist. You don't have to accept insurance. You don't have to do anything. Just be an honest person and do the best job you can, and you'll pay your your you'll be debt free within five years. Debt does not matter. Okay, well, then let me ask you a question. Do you think, so you don't think that your student loans affects the decisions that you make? And and if that's not the case, then why are corporations like growing faster than most dental uh, offices are, like individual solo uh, practitioners? Let, let's ask Adriana, where, where, what, where do you see yourself after dental school? What, is, what does your life look like? Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And there well, it is. I, she, you're asking her to I, predict the future, Kyle. That doesn't no, make sense because we, she doesn't know what the tuition. I thought 
whenever I signed that piece of paper in dental school, that was just free money to me until they they said, hey, give us that first paycheck or give us that first bill. You know what I mean? Like we were taking bills, like we were taking um, our, our, our tuition and everything uh, just because we were just, oh, sign? Cool. It, it was very easy same. to get money. Oh, same. You're exactly. Right? Same, it wasn't but... until you graduated until you realized that that money came with a lot of strings. Yeah, right. It does. So my, my question is where, like, you don't just sign up for dental school and think, okay, dental school is my end goal. And then right. whatever happens after that happens, like you, you got to have, I assume you have a goal of what you're working towards, which is be a dentist. But what, what does that look like? What does your future look like after dental school? Is it, yeah. do you want to work for somebody else? Do you want to own your own clinic? Do you want to work corporate? Do you want to uh, do, do, yeah. do GPR? Like what, what is that? As of right now, what is your life? What are you working towards? So after dental school, I would see myself um, working towards either working under somebody, becoming an associate, and learning different skills from that person and being able to learn the business side as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully one day opening my own practice. Um, but I know that in the very beginning that you're given all this debt that you accumulated over the four years, but like, I agree with, uh, Dr. Dumpert as in the sense of, even though I'll have a lot of debt at the end, it's not going to affect how I treat patients or try to get as much money as I can because eventually it'll all get paid off. Even if it's over a long period of time, I, my end result after each working day would be just to collect as much money as I can. It would be to, um, help others and get out of pain and be able to make them feel good about themselves and to, you know, you already got into dental school, right? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that's my end result. (laughs) No, I was like, you know, uh, Gary, I was going to say the same thing. I was like, you don't have to be so. Your interview is over. I'll be honest. You're probably probably on the worst podcast. Where I would be after dental school. That's the thing is where that's where I'm still searching on where to be. But hopefully I'll be able to work with somebody. So. That's the goal. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> All right. Look, I, I'm going to uh, agree with what, what uh, Kyle was saying, but but for a slightly different reason, because if you're getting federal loans, like that is not, it's debt for sure, but it's not bad debt. Like that doesn't go against your credit. That doesn't prevent you from buying a car, prevent you from buying a house, prevent you from uh, taking a business loan to start your own business. So it is not like, like bad debt. It's, it's not consumer debt. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah, it's not going to have an effect on your credit score or anything like that. I mean, you need to pay it off and you know all that, but, but it's, it's not the same thing as a, as a credit card debt. And I agree with you, but it's still debt and you still have to pay it off. So, okay, let's just do a little thing. Let's do, let's have a little fun here. Okay. So let's just say that you are making 120,000, like literally you mm-hmm. were taking all of it home, which is not true, but you're taking all of it home. Okay. So you're getting paid $10,000 a month. And if your tu- if your student loan ends up being about three thousand dollars of that, okay, 
And most dentists want to live luxurious life, so they buy a BMW, Mercedes, and that's like seven hundred. Like sooner or later, you're gonna realize that you need to make more in order to sustain the lifestyle that you want, or at least what people assume that they want when they're in dental, when they're a dentist. And that's what I'm getting at. No matter what your 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 student loan is gonna affect decisions that you make in life. If it's whether it's you know what I'm tired of this associateship, let me go ahead and open my own practice, or whatever it may be. Is going to affect you. And to think that it's not going to affect you at all, and you're going to pretend that it doesn't exist, just does not make any sense. And that's what I'm getting at. You well, know what I mean? You look at, that, you look at those numbers. Say it again? I don't think anyone's pretending it, it doesn't exist. Right, but I mean... bill every month to right, remind ex- them. Exactly. <laughs> but Kyle made a situation where it was like, oh, let's just make a decision based on nothing that has to do with the student loan. That's the part that I don't well, agree with. What, what, but Kyle, well, I let mean, Kyle answer. My interpretation. Let yeah. Kyle answer. <laughs> He's right here. So I, I, <laughs> I worked in several different private practices. Right. I worked as uh, I worked at Heartland as a um, you know corporate office. When I worked at Heartland, I was making one hundred twenty thousand a year guaranteed, and I was just making enough to pay my bills. I was, which at one hundred twenty thousand, most people think that's a lot of money, but with the debt, like you're saying, I paid my rent. I paid my my student loans. I I drove a little Hyundai car that I paid the, the the payment on that. And at the end of the month, I wasn't living extravagantly by any means. I was in a one bedroom apartment, uh, and I was breaking even. I wasn't putting money into savings. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't doing anything extravagant. So the the one year I spent in corporate is the year that I probably struggled the most. But as a private practice dentist, uh, I I mean, the sky is the limit, especially once you know how to, or start to learn how to do more specialized procedures, you get your speed up. Uh, You're doing more than just amalgam and composite fillings. If you're doing those other things well, the more profitable procedures and you learn how to do them efficiently and well, I really think private practice is the best way to go. And really, once you get comfortable enough and buy your own practice, that is really the key to financial independence, because that is going to set you up long term for life. Because like I said, as an associate dentist for corporate, I was I had to make uh, over 25 percent of what I did if I wanted a bonus. But basically, you get 25 percent of what whatever you produce. Private practice, you'd get 30, 35 percent of what you produce as a private practice dentist. If you can keep your uh, overhead under control, the average overhead is what, 65 um, for a a dental office. But there's other tax benefits and write offs and everything. 65 75 something like that that's that seems high yeah that well this is general dentistry this is this is an endodontics oh that was like like 30 percent from like right but but if you run a a very well-oiled machine you can get that and you're working in a uh a rural environment where your overhead costs are uh, Mm. your rent is small you there's no money toward advertising your overhead can be 45, 50%. And if you're taking that home as the, as the owner, like I said, that, that is your key to financial independence, not working for somebody else. Okay. Um, let's talk about, well, you guys brought up two things. Who wants to live in a rural area? 
but minus Kyle. No, but my, honestly, <laughs> where are most dentists? No, it's a good where question. Are, yeah, it's a good where, question. where are most dentists? Right, they're not in the rural areas. That's the first thing, right? The second, right. Thing, the second thing to me is, do we believe that everybody can be a dental owner, aka uh, um, a small business owner? An entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. And I don't think that's the case. I really don't think everybody's built out that way. I really don't. Like people, you, you can probably say, yeah, we're struggling this month and still sleep well at night, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because you have the fortitude to at least kind of say it's going to get better or this is how I'm going to. Not everybody has that level of just cool. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people who are going to be like, I'm freaked out about this. Some people just want that opportunity to just do dentistry and go home. Right. Even if yeah, they know right. all the math and everything, all the it's kind of like don't let your facts in, in get away in my beliefs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like no one just because you hit them with facts doesn't necessarily mean they're going to believe or think that that's the best thing for them. And, and, and that's, that's what why the I was asking Adriana, why, uh, where do you see yourself in the future? Because that's mm -hmm. if, if you see yourself as wanting to live in a city, it might be better to find a place hundred miles outside of that city. And where you're close enough that you can still get the benefits of going to the city on the weekend, but but live in a an area where people are going to appreciate you. People mm -hmm. are going to there's a need that you're filling in those areas. So as you're going through dental school and figuring out where you want to go, where you want dentistry to take you as far as if you want to specialize, uh, where you want to end up. These are, are questions that I think every dental student should be asking themselves is what's the end goal? Uh, you're already married, so you, you're not looking to stay in a city to find a, a partner. Um, <laughs> the, the dating environment in rural isn't, isn't the greatest. Uh, so you can, you can check that off the list right now that that's not a concern for you. Yes, uh, yes. so, uh, that I think that's a good conversation once you get to, to know everybody in your class or get to mm -hmm. know your friends. Where where does everybody want to end up? What's the, the job uh application process gonna look for you look like for you? Where where do you want to live in the country? That's all. That's my rant. Okay. Uh, well, well but you know go ahead, Gary. I don't I don't I like I don't think when well when I went into dental school, like if someone asked me that question, I wouldn't have the answer. Right. Neither would I. I, my, I just was like, oh, I want to do implants. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like that's, that's think, no, like, it's, that was my answer. Like, I, yeah, I want to do implants. That, well, we, how are you going to do that? I, I, I'm either going to do implantology <laughs> fellowship at some point or I'm going to go do a GPR that teaches me how to do implants. Well, and, and that's, but I'm, now I, I'm an endodontist. Right. right that's what I'm saying. So, like, it's, it's, it, it's going to change. Yes. Like, I want to um, be a pediatric dentist. I went to dental Ooh. school. Yes, I wanted to be a pediatrician because I love kids. I love playing, Ooh. hanging out with kids. I got I got into pedo, started doing a few uh, work on the student and uh, on the patients and on the kids. And I realized I hated their parents, so I just never wanted to do that. You know, what I mean? it wasn't even the kids at the end; it was their parents. I just didn't want to deal with. I thought their parents mm -hmm. were a bunch of jackasses. Like, so <laughs> for me, that wasn't what I. You know, what I mean, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So things yeah. change before you, you know, the four yeah, years yeah, really, definitely. you know, manipulate and change everything about you. So it's, you know, again, like Gary said, I don't know if, you know, it's a fair question to ask her now, but I will say that um, I, I still don't think that we can ignore student loan and and assume that we're living in this fantastic world where student loans don't exist and we can all make decisions just 
purely based on that, right? And, and with her being married, she has a husband that also has a job. We can't forget about him and what he wants, you know what I mean, where he wants to live or where he can live. You see what I mean? Right. That's another factor for her to, you know, think about. And so have, have you thought about that? And, and, and what what's the kind of outlook for that? Uh, even in, in dental school, are you guys mm-hmm. moving to California together, separately? What's going on? If you don't mind so, me asking. No, of course not. So the plan is that he's going to move me out there in July and he's going to come back here to live in Houston and because he works at NASA. And so he needs to stay close just in case they have him go on campus again or on site. And um, so we'll be traveling back and forth to see each other. Um, and we recently got two new dogs. <laughs> so I might take one and he might keep the other <laughs> or he'll keep both. <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> but that's our plan so far. Um, it might change because he's working from home. But so far, we are going to have a long distance marriage essentially that's actually that might be beneficial who knows you know every time you guys see because then you can focus on school right without having to be like Mm -hmm. oh man i feel bad that i'm always at the lab and stuff like that so you Mm -hmm. know if you look at it from that point of view it actually might be you know beneficial i'm just trying to be positive here i'm usually not the positive one that's usually that's usually kyle but i I see i see the positivity in this (laughs) uh Okay, guys, um, let's just get past this because I think I, I got riled up. Uh, uh, let, <laughs> Kyle, uh, Gary, we we posed the we posed the question last time about uh, dental technology. Yes, is it is it making uh, things better or worse? So, Gary, um, what do you think? Um, I think that I think that dental technology for the, I mean, there's different facets of of the technology. Uh, I'm I'm not, I'm going to stay away from procedural technology. And just focused on like actual items. So like CBCT, um, you know, rotary endodontics. Uh, what is that? Gentle wave. Well, that's procedural. Uh, uh, what's that? Isn't that procedural? Like you're doing some procedure with those. I mean, you're performing procedure with everything. But, but I'm not talking about the technique. I'm just talking about the actual technology. Right. And w- because there's other, there's other advancements in techniques. Okay. That okay. that I that I think are very beneficial, but but the, but the actual items mm-hmm. is what, what, okay. what I'm focused more on. Um, and then even like CIRAC, right? So I think all of these things are somewhat gimmicky, uh, and they're they're all they're all speed based. Mm-hmm. So the none of them are really focused on uh, success. Like, is this going to make your treatment more successful? None of none of these things are really, in my opinion, are based on that. They're all based on it's going to make you do the procedure faster. It's a uh, you know more more predictable, faster. So in the end, you can see more patients and you can make more money. Okay. And that's I kind of feel like the majority of the technologies is then geared toward that as opposed to actual. This will make your treatment more successful. Because student loans are so much, so expensive. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> you see how even technology believes that student loans are expensive. <laughs> Be- because of student loans, uh, 
the, the amount of student loans and the low reimbursements from insurance. Companies. There it is. We, yeah. <laughs> we are never going to get like, we, we're, no one's ever going to sponsor us. That's basically. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, I actually, I agree with Gary and uh, well, I agree with Gary to a certain point. I think dentist and, and uh, companies have allowed patients to dictate a lot. Let me explain. So, Remember, like, has anybody seen a gold crown on a patient that lasted like 20, 30 years? Yes. Right. No one ever said that that was a bad thing. Like, having that tooth for that long is a good thing, right? Right. right. I've seen Cirac uh, crowns that haven't even, didn't even last a year. Oh, right. I've seen it having it lasted a week. Okay, Gary. Good. <laughs> You're making my point. <laughs> what I'm yeah. saying is I completely agree with you, right? But the problem is a lot of dentists assume this, that patients don't have patience, right? Patients don't have the time. So they want everything done immediately, right? They don't want to take anything to the lab, right? They just want to get it done and go home. When in actuality, mm-hmm. I feel like it's taken away from the quality of dentistry. Because a gold crown was something that was very inert. Your body liked it. You didn't have to make it. You didn't have to cut into that tooth as much as you needed to with a Cirac, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and any of these uh, porcelain or, or Emacs and all them, right? So you're taking right. more tooth structure away. So you're not making it any better. You're making it kind of like weaker, the tooth weaker. Mm-hmm. But right. guess what? It's aesthetic, right? People like the, the way the TO oh, looks like a, a tooth again, right? And I get it the same day. So I think we're kind of mm-hmm. letting patients dictate a lot of more of our treatment and our technology. Absolutely, it's, it's Amazon. That, that, that's free market. That that's your any business is not going to be in business if they don't listen to the customer, and there, there's not going to be any uh, any uh, progression of a field if we look at it and say. This is the way we've done it. This is the way we've all, always done it. It works this way. Why change anything? There always has to be innovation. There always has to be listening to the consumer or the patient. Uh, l- look at uh, Kyle, total joint is, replacement. But this is a this is as a, a detriment at a detriment though, and that's what I'm getting. At. It's at a detriment because that tooth could have it lasted thirty years, and now it's lasting what a week, Gary? <laughs> According to Gary, yes. So it's you're getting you we're, instead of like let's make a crown that last well this doesn't it wouldn't make sense in the end because you know if something lasts forever we'd never get paid again <laughs> to do it but 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 you know like instead of making a crown that's focused on make let's make it last thirty years right and they're just let's make it so that you can get it today yes and that's well, no the, that's the and, issue. And, and that's the laziness of the dentist because well, that's if how they you advertise it. Though, right, Kyle. that's how they advertise it. They go tooth in a day. Well, literally, it's tooth in right, a day, right? And that's what people hear, right? Right, just like they say, uh, you know, like with a uh, uh, clear, uh, clear choice, you get your you get your brand new teeth in one day, right? They don't right. tell mm-hmm. you about all the other factors that go into it. Like you can't chew on them. You can't chew on them. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Advertisement plays a big role. That's how we know about Coke. When people ask for Coke, they're not just asking for that. They're they're asking for that brand because they know that brand. Right. They're not saying, you know, Coca-Cola. Yeah. They're not saying I want uh, a bevinated uh, or fizzle drink. They're not saying that they're saying a specific brand. Like I Google stuff. Right. Right, Advertisement allows you to basically put a name to whatever product it is. 
Right, because that's a that's a company that's trying to make money. So right. they're they're listening to the, what the consumer wants. Us as dentists have to be we're, we're the one that's actually doing the treatment. So it's yes. up to us to sift through those companies that are listening to the customer mm -hmm. and us to sift through the science and the biology and say this is something that maybe isn't a good idea for you. So I'm not going to offer this this line of treatment. I'm not comfortable with it, or it's saying. I can offer it, but these are the limitations. If you can but, accept these limitations, then it's something that can work, but you really have to listen to the exact directions that I'm going to give you. But who I, does that, we Kyle? Can do, who actually yeah. looks into the research? Like most dentists, I bet you, oh, when, when they're, when, <laughs> when the, when, no, most dentists, when I, I bet you, whenever like the rep comes into the office and, and buys some drinks, takes them out to dinner and all this other stuff, they don't really look into see, oh, does this product really does, you know, do this, this? Let me see your double blind steady test, you know, for, for this product. Right. No one does. Right. That. A lot of right. people don't do that. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you can act like a lot of people do stuff like that, but they don't. And Adriana, this is why in dental school, <laughs> an occlusal filling takes three hours because <laughs> you're going to learn the exact right way to do it. No shortcuts. I don't even know if they teach amalgams in, in dental school uh, anymore, probably. especially in California. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that's part of the reason I think things have to take so long in dental school is you should be learning the science behind it. So once you're at a dental school, you can make those decisions on your own and figure out, is this a treatment that I should be offering? Is this a, a, a corner I can cut to be more efficient, to become more profitable? So maybe pay attention to those kind of things in, while you're in dental school. I definitely will. <laughs> what, what was she gonna, Kyle, what was she going to say? Nope, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she can be honest with me. She can tell me to, to shut no, up. This girl's still this girl's still telling us quite uh, answers the way she she interviewed. So you know, we got to ease her into this. No. We to, you know, we have nothing to lose, guys. So we just gotta we say everything we want to say. She still has a future that she wants to cultivate. You know, so no. So what you guys were saying, I, I completely agree with with Sarah crowns, Emacs crowns. You have to a, a gold crown. You have to take away half a millimeter to a millimeter of tooth for that to have enough material for that restoration to hold up for a porcelain crown, especially on a posterior tooth, you're removing two to two and a half millimeters of tooth. So you're, you're removing a lot more tooth. You're getting closer to the nerve, potentially causing the need for a root canal. You're weakening that tooth. So if it ever does need to be replaced in the future, you don't have quite as much tooth to work with. So in my hands, I've worked in practices that have had Sarah that have had, uh, CAD cam abilities. I don't feel comfortable putting a porcelain crown on a on a posterior tooth. I I don't do it. But that allowed the technology of zirconia crowns to come out, which you don't have to take away as much tooth. You can pound it into a block of wood, and it's not going to break. So there is uh, a progression for technology where things start out a little bit rough. We learn what doesn't work. We progress and use better technology to improve that to a point where I'm not, I, I still don't think a zirconia crown is better than a gold crown. I still think a gold crown is, is really the, the standard of care when it comes to, you know, wear of opposing teeth and all those things. But, but uh, Well, do you think that, I, do you think that, and I'll ask Gary this too, do you think that dentists uh, are, are challenging 
companies to do better or do you think that they're challenging companies to just make it faster? Gary. Um, as a whole, they're definitely not challenged companies to, to, I, I don't know. They're not challenging companies to make things better. They're not, in my opinion, they're not at all. I, I disagree. Well, uh, okay, Kyle, are you looking at it from your point of view or just as an in general? Like in general, as the general dental population? I'm looking at that- as general dental population. Okay. Because, because if I do something, if I buy a technology that if all of those patients return and are unhappy within a year or two or a couple of weeks because that work that I did them didn't last, I mean, we all know they expect everything to last in their mouth for 50 years where <laughs> right, right. orthopedic surgeons are telling them you might get five or 10 years out of this knee. Right. Uh, they, they expect everything to last. So if I'm doing a bunch of work that doesn't last longer than a couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of years, and they're coming back angry with me, I'm going to stop investing in that technology or that product or whatever it is, because I don't want people getting mad at me. One, that messes up my reputation. Two, it's costing me money because I'm going to have to redo everything for free. And uh, at that point, you're looking at different technologies to to see what's better for the patient. Okay. All right. So what what I see happen is, so you do a lot of work on on this patient, our patients or whatever, and they're unhappy. The the stuff's not working. Then what ends up happening is the dentist calls the sales rep. Yeah. This isn't working. And then the sales rep says, okay, I'm going to come in and and do it with you right so now the dentist is taking the advice of a sales rep that happens yeah. that happens <laughs> they're not even a dentist and like and that it's like it, it just snowballs the same same thing happens in the operating room uh walter you yes. did yeah. rotations at the gpr mm-hmm. through a hospital right i sat in on on joint replacements right most it it's the surgeon is listening to the sales rep right. because the sales rep, they, this is their product. This is attach this screw to this part or right. take this hammer and beat this into this bone. Right. And, and it's basically the doctor has a license to to do the work on the patient, but you kind of have to trust your sales rep at that point to, because it's their product and they should know their, their stuff. But they're not the doctor. Right. And you're absolutely correct that medicine and, and dental both do the same thing. I think my biggest problem is the fact that we don't, it doesn't seem like we, you know, try to learn as much as we could. You know, like a lot of people depend on the adhesive to keep a crown in mm-hmm. versus things that we learned in dental school, like feral fit. Retention. <laughs> Retention, <laughs> right? That's the problem. It's like people depend on these, uh, um, you know, materials to do what they should have what they should do and i think that's the problem and then if it doesn't work they go out call the rep and the rep's like well i don't know why it doesn't work let me come in and watch you you're right (laughs) and it's always another excuse for why it should work but it didn't work you know what i mean and i just think that dentists aren't doing the due diligence of actually reading the instructions and paying attention and learning about whatever you're using a lot of people couldn't even tell you uh what what's in their material but they know that i'm supposed to mix one and two, and I should get three. You right. know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. made they simplified it, but they haven't learned about anything. You know what Good I mean? Good thing though, in dental school, uh, you will learn yes. dental materials. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you're working with someone Terrible. in the clinic, <laughs> Terrible class. 
But if you're working someone in the clinic, hopefully that person, that instructor challenges you to know the denim material about the denim materials you're about to use. Yeah. Like if you're using this composite, like what's the working time? What's the set time? What is it made like, of? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, etch. How long are you going to etch the tooth? Like what's, what, what is, what is the etch made of? Like stuff like that. You're, you know, okay. if you know that stuff, then when it comes to technology specific to composites or dental materials, I think that is an area where dentists heavily rely on the marketing from the companies. But because the materials are changing so fast, there is no way to have a long term study available because once you hit 10 years, that product is already nine years obsolete. And, and there's five other generations right. that have happened past right. that. Right. So dental companies have kind of forced us into trusting what they say because the the only material that is time tested is amalgam and nobody wants amalgam or hardly anybody wants amalgams anymore but everything else the, the the chemistry of these restorations of these materials is what one proprietary information mm -hmm. and two long-term studies just aren't available for us to have that science behind it that most of us would like to have right Okay, one last thing before we end this. Um, most uh, CEs are sponsored by companies, mm -hmm. right? Most dentists partner up with companies to talk about that product. Right. And we take those CEs and we're really just learning about that product from that company. Right. How do you guys see that affecting how dentistry and how dentists practice? Because you're really just basically becoming a rep for that product and that company. You're not actually comparing and contrasting, right? Well, CE just teaches you how to use that product because uh, it worked me, well in one person's, you know, hand. Uh, for me specifically, mm -hmm. um, like, I'm not going to let anyone ever tell me how to do a root canal. So, like, I don't really care. I might go to the CE. But they're like, oh, these files do this, these files mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really care. Like, I'll try the files the way I'm going to use them. Mm -hmm. If they work in my hands, great. If they don't, then I'm not going to use it. Okay. Um, but now, if I go to CE about Gen 21 or, you know, some perio thing, got a tissue graft or something, then at that point, like, I don't know anything about it. So, I am taking the full word of, of those individuals that are giving me that information. Okay. And what about like, you know, the, the, because each specialty has that guy, that's somebody that, you know, everybody looks up to and says, man, I want to be like that guy. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. If it's not Gordon Christensen, if it's not uh, the Salama brothers for Perio, if it's not, there's so many people that like, right. you know, they go around, they speak and they present and talk about this product, you know, like Alan, he does uh, for Perio, he does, um, tunneling and, and he uses alloderm and and he's got partnership with that company you see what i'm getting at is that's what people follow are the people that they look up to right right uh and so they're probably going to do the same or use the same material so they're influenced by those influencers forgive me for the key, a key opinion leaders okay I, I, key I opinion think, yeah. I, I call them influencers yeah. now but yeah key opinion <laughs> key opinion leaders that's exactly right you see, so what what did you actually do? What due diligence did you really do to know if that product works? Unlike Gary, who says, if it works in my hands, then great. If it doesn't, that's cool. A lot of people just follow people and say, I'm going to go to this person's class because I like this person. 
And whatever they're selling me, I'm probably going to buy. I mean, you're right. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I agree. And, that, and that's part of part of dentistry. I mean, yeah. when it comes to uh, that's why I think it's such a great thing to be part of organized dentistry because you can bounce ideas off of each other. Most of dentistry is, hey, this didn't work for me. What do you guys think? And other dentists will give you their opinion and you learn from each other. And it, because that that science isn't behind a lot of what we do, unfortunately, because things are changing so fast and those long-term studies aren't available, a lot of it, a lot of dentistry, I think it is at least a lot of the new stuff is anecdotal. So you're you're learning from each other what works for this person. Well, let me try that. See if that works in my hands. And that that's may not be the best thing for the patient. It it may be. I I, I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, Adriana, I just want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. One, have we convinced you not to go to dental school? <laughs> 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 no. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, right. Yeah. And, and good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Don't listen to us. We're bitter old men, you know. <laughs> just, yeah. the, the one thing that bothered me about my first month of dental school and it has stuck with me okay. is before I got there, they had us order scrubs. And the the scrubs that they ordered, I thought were very expensive. They got them embroidered with our name or whatever. Right. I'm a tall guy. They didn't fit. I spent, they said, get five pair of scrubs, spend all this money. And I ended up going out and buying my own scrubs. Go buy your own scrubs, get them embroidered on your own, make sure they match their color scheme, but get a pair of scrubs that are comfortable because you're going to be living in them for four years. Okay. Well, well put. <laughs> I never, I actually never thought about that, but Kyle, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. So yes, I, that's a, that's a good uh, advice. Gary, any advice for her first year of dental school? Uh, just keep studying. <laughs> I don't know why I ask Gary. I really. I, I, he's been so no, good lately. That would be the plan because first uh, semester is thirty-one units. So there you go. There you go. Well, yeah, but no, it's like, it's anatomy though. It's anatomy. Like that doesn't exist or matter. Well, no, no. I mean, like that's like a probably like a I don't know ten, fifteen credit course. Okay. You know, so it's not like you have like all these classes. It's but you, just but you do you have okay. certain classes that are a lot of credits. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot a lot of classes. And I was just gonna say that your first semester should not be something that overwhelms you. Whatever you did to get to this point, continue doing. Don't listen to how other people study. That was mm-hmm. my biggest mistake was I would pay attention to how other people study. Like for me, I can't do all nighters. I would rather yeah. get up early, go to bed yeah. and get up early than to do all-nighters, right? But I remember my first semester, I was trying to do that because I saw, hey, no one's leaving the library. Why am I leaving the library? You see, and so that's something that I would always tell you is just don't do anything, just uh, anything other people are doing just because they're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. You got here because you're smart enough and you're good enough, you know, to be in this position. So just continue to do what you're doing. Play your own game. Figure out what works for you and, and do you. Do what Gary and, and, does for CEs. What works in your hands? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And go with it. And go with that. Don't listen to anybody else. I mean, be hard-headed when it comes to that. Because I promise you, everybody's going to tell you what they did and how great it was and this and that. And all it's going to do is just stress you out. 
Mm-hmm. It you won't know? work for me like it did for somebody else. Right. And 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 honestly, take time for yourself. Take time. Whatever you do for a hobby, do it more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like on top of studying, like Gary said. You know what I mean? Take time for yourself because I promise you, dentistry is not going to be you and you're not going to be dentistry. Like if you enjoy, you know, crocheting or whatever, do it. You know, I know, Gary, you like to knit, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, many, so many articles. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> but, but, but no, all jokes aside, like just do what, what makes you happy. You know, I mean, I think that's the only mm-hmm. advice I could give. And, and just, but then also, yeah, man. In your in your studying, remember always remember if you cannot tell that information to somebody else, mm-hmm. then you don't know the information. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about for memorization classes, like anatomy, like where you had to just memorize stuff directly? Are Are you asking me? Yeah, anybody. Uh, I mean, what I how I always have studied is I have a study partner, I have a dry erase board. Okay. Right. So we read the information back to each other, and then. It's somebody's turn to write it on a dry erase board. If you can go up on a dry erase board and rewrite everything that you read, you you heard, you read, now you're writing, now you know the information. And that that's how I've always been. But okay. that's me. All right. Um, yeah. What else, guys? I think we're good. We we've complained enough. Uh, <laughs> uh and any anything else to add before we, we get out of here? uh happy holidays yes it's it's over actually gary uh it's... well i mean we, got, we still have uh yeah, new year's oh true <laughs> true i just assumed and, that i don't no one... i don't think kwanzaa's over yet no it's not but i don't assume i just assume that no one's doing anything for new year's because we just don't want another super spreader you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so i i assume that everyone's just gonna sit their asses at home Yep, just watching what's happening in New York when uh, seeing what to do with the ball this year. It's going to be yeah. awkward. I saw the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Oh, uncomfortable. Oh, it was yeah, horrible. Yeah. It was like everybody yeah. was, they would perform and no one would clap. And then they'd be like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then move on. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like watching football. <laughs> yes. The world just needs to come back. It just needs to come back. So. So everybody just, you know, be safe, be safe. And, and, and congratulations again, Adriana, honestly. Yes, congratulations. I don't think we Enjoy can your next eight months. Yes. Uh, thank you. And I just want to say thank you for all three of you for giving me advice. And I am really looking forward to keeping you updated on when my first semester's over. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. it. That's it. That's it. Well, no, definitely stay positive because that's one thing that you definitely have is a lot of positivity. So keep that going. Don't let yeah. don't let us grumpy men like dictate anything for you. You know, <laughs> just stay oh, positive. Yes, yeah, stay positive for sure. All right. All right, guys. Thank you. I definitely will have. Thank you so much again, oh, no and problem. happy holidays, guys. Right. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.